I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I create this compliance episode today. I would also like to pay my respects to the elders, past, present and emerging. I would also like to pay respect to the people that have passed down, deepened, enriched the compliance knowledge and wisdom I'm privileged to embody today and share throughout my work as a conscious career coach. Listening to Compliance Careerist, a podcast that provides young and aspiring people and professionals with deep learning opportunities, skills development, and career guidance to help you realize your compliance career goals. This podcast gives you the ability to tap into the wisdom, experience, and expertise I have gained over the past almost a decade now in the field of AML compliance in some of the biggest international corporate organizations to help you purposefully navigate your careers, gain important skills, achieve your professional goals, and set yourself up for a successful compliance career. Dearest you, welcome back once again. So, we're still in season one, unfortunately. (laughs) We're here to stay. I feel like season one is going to be so long. But don't worry, we we have all the time in the world. This is going to be an everyday thing and for the weeks and months to come. So, there will be definitely more and more to this podcast. But for the sake of finishing what we started with the history of anti-money laundering laws in the United States, we're picking up on another legislation and another regulation, the Money Laundering Suppression Act of the 1994. So this one particularly, um, it was introduced and it required banking agencies to review and enhance training and develop anti-money laundering examination procedures It also required banking agencies to review and enhance procedures for referring cases to appropriate law enforcement agencies. That also streamlined CDR exemption process. It also required each money service business, something like Western Union Monogram, probably you're familiar with those two, to be registered by an owner or controlling person of the MSB. It also required every MSB to maintain a list of businesses authorized to act as agents in connection with the financial services offered by the MSB. It also made operating an an unregistered MSB a federal crime. And it also recommended that states adopt uniform laws applicable to MSBs. So that's basically the highlight of the Money Laundering Suppression Act of 1994. And then after that, in 1998, four years later, this one in particular required banking agencies to to develop anti-money laundering training for examiners. And it also required the Department of the Treasury and other agencies to develop a national money laundering strategy. 
and it created the high-intensity money laundering and related financial crime area hefka task forces to concentrate law enforcement efforts at the federal state and local levels in zones where money laundering is prevalent hefkas may be defined geographically or they can also be created to address money laundering in an industry sector a financial institution or group of institutions or financial institutions and then that would be it for this one probably the shortest podcast but the reason why I'm trying to cut it a little bit short for this one giving just the highlights of these two acts is because we will definitely need plenty of time to digest the other one which is following um in 2001 uh after the terrorist attacks unfortunately and that has led to the USA Patriot Act but we will be talking about it separately in a separate episode and we will give it its time because there is a lot to say in there Thank you for visiting us for this episode of Compliance Careerist. Consider following us if you consider taking on development and professional opportunities to help you succeed consciously. And if you know someone who would benefit of listening to Compliance Careerist, please share it with them.